0: And it just told you it's being recorded. It just goes on our website after for oh there goes the truck. Yeah, it's gonna be really noisy on my side. I hope it doesn't disturb our session too much. It's um good. Okay, I just resumed our recording. Uh, so while we wait on anyone else that was having trouble with the link um to get in. One thing that we did in the last session was just kind of have everyone type where they are currently um, or which country you're from, and also what you do um, in music. So those who are in, you see Ariane. Hope I'm not butchering anybody's name. Colette, Gio. Just let us know where you're from and what you do, I'll go first. Just sent mine so everybody can okay, see. Oh, uh, yeah. So, Colette, I hope I pronounced your name right. Toronto, Vancouver, artist manager and brand consultant. Really cool. So, all the artists that are in here, you have someone you can consult for your Brandon, if you're looking for a manager. Come on, guys, don't be shy. <laughs> Trinidad, living in Toronto, artist. Handful, oh, okay, I know who you are. You're in our um, virtual festival. Nice to have you on, Ariane. Sean is a drummer, producer, experimental poet. Really cool. Welcome, Sean. And we all... Get started really shortly. We just had a little link issue, um, so we're just trying to make sure that everybody who wanted to be here is able to attend.
1: Either way, though, this is recorded. You said right, yeah, so people can yeah. yeah. So
0: people can still access it even if they don't necessarily
1: make it, which is it's good actually if they can check it after.
0: Start in a minute. I'll just give one. You... Yeah. Okay, everyone, I think we're just going to get started. I guess people are struggling as they um, access the link. So, welcome to our second workshop in the afterwave virtual workshop series. Today we are going to be speaking with Anthony and Kevin about grants, funds and sponsorship. Um, My name is Karis, if you've been at all the other workshops, you've probably heard this a million times. Um, But I'll just give you a little bit of background about myself. Um, So I'm a singer, songwriter and music producer. I am also director of operations at Afrowave TO. I started out in solely on the creative side of the industry, um, making beats in my bedroom. <laughs> and then I decided that I kind of wanted to learn the music business side. So I went to study um, arts management at Harris Institute, downtown Toronto. Um, and from that just kind of worked at different jobs in the industry um, that allowed me to kind of see the intersection between the art side and the business side. And I've kind of just spent the last couple of years immersing myself in that, which is how I ended up at AfroWave. Um, a little bit about AfroWave if you're not familiar. So what we do is provide a platform and resources for artists who are in what we call culturally um, derived genres. So soca, reggae, reggaeton, dancehall. Um, we kind of noticed that these genres they get attention, but not as much as a lot of the other genres um, in the Canadian music industry. And we wanted to make sure that we were kind of leveling the playing field for the artists who are within those genres, um, which is why we decided to do this workshop series so that we could give you as much information as possible um, on different areas in the industry that would be beneficial to emerging artists. I'm going to hand it over to Anthony and then I guess Kevin. Um, they're just going to tell you a little bit about who they are, where they work and how they kind of got into this music business.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Karis. So uh, yeah, my name is Anthony Johnson. I am currently the project coordinator at FACTA for our sponsorship program and our outreach. So Karis, this is actually interesting, just listening to, to your journey because I've had a pretty similar kind of experience actually. So I myself also started on the creative side as a producer, later expanded into songwriting for other artists as well and becoming an artist myself. But then similar to you, I I kind of, I felt like that wasn't enough. I also wanted to know more about the business just to kind of understand how how everything worked. So uh, that led me to um, interning at Warner Chapel, which is the publishing division of Warner Music. And then I worked at SoCan and I, then afterwards I heard about this thing called public funding and grants. And I just thought, what is that? Did a bit of research. I realized that it's actually possible for artists to get funded to make the project. And, and I actually applied and, and got a grant and I, that was a great experience. I learned a lot from it. Um, and after that, I just wanted to learn even more all the ins and outs. So, and then I saw a job opening at Factor and here I am. That's kind of my journey.
0: Awesome, Kevin.
2: Hi, thanks for having me. Good evening, everyone. Uh, my name is Kevin Ray. I'm currently the Creative Communities Program Manager at the Toronto Arts Council. And um, if you're wondering what that means, uh, the Creative Communities Pro uh, Program funds activities and organizations uh, whereby professional artists engage communities in collaborative art making and skill development opportunities. Mm-hmm. So that's you know, what I currently do um, as a nine to five, um, but much like uh, the previous speakers, um, you know, I started out as an independent artist in the city of Toronto. I'm uh, considerably older than both of you, I believe. (laughs) (laughs) And so, um, you know, I started off as an artist, um, spoken word, uh, writer, a little bit of a singer-songwriter action as well. I used to do shows throughout the city of Toronto at venues that you know, regrettably no longer exist anymore, you know, the march of time gentrification being what it is, Um, you know, but, you know, during that period, I also was curious about other aspects of, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to be involved in the cultural industry, the cultural sectors, Mm -hmm. started volunteering um, for arts organizations, one in particular named Dance Immersion, Um, and through that, I started volunteering and I started working with them and you know, had experience, learned about event management, grant writing, uh, PR slash communications, you know, got, you know, a little bit of exposure to a wide range of, um, you know, skills really, you know. And then from there, I've gone on, I, I worked at uh, the Canadian Music Reproduction Rights Agency, uh, Unity Charity, among other organizations, You know, started doing freelance um, grant writing and consulting for artists and organizations. Um, and, you know, all during that period, found time to put out uh, an album of spoken word and a couple of books of poetry. And here I am with you all awesome. tonight. I'm glad to be here.
0: So thank you, Anthony and Kevin. We're glad to have you as well. Thank you so much for saying yes to this. Um, I know a lot of people can attest to the fact that Sometimes it seems so hard to to access the people with the information, so we really appreciate you um, joining on and and speaking with us. Um, Just a couple disclaimers and uh, information for the participants. So this session is being recorded and we are gonna have it up on our website. Uh, So that's www.afrowaveto.com. So if you miss something, um, you don't have to go crazy in the chat, it'll be available for you afterwards. Um, I think we're also looking at putting it up on Spotify. So if you just need audio format, that'll be there for you as well. Uh, Any questions you can put in the chat, um, but we do have a designated Q&A tab um, where you can send your questions and we're going to try to save the last half hour for that. Um, But like I said, if there are any questions in the chat that, you know, is something that we could address right away, then we'll try to. Um, if not, we do see your question, and we will get to it, I promise. Um, we just want to keep it running as smoothly as possible. We are working with Wi-Fi. If anyone, you know, drops off, we'll just join back in, pretend like it didn't happen, and keep <laughs> keep it moving. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's, let's jump right into it. Um, so both of you were actually on the creative side and now working with grants, and you've kind of seen a lot of the business side as well Uh, we started with Anthony so maybe Kevin you can go first this time what is it like for you in terms of the difference between both um, ends of the industry what was that like for you to kind of transition from one to the other
2: Um, you know it's in some ways um, it wasn't that huge a transition for me partially because um, You know, when I was really active as an artist, it was a very DIY scene, do it yourself, doing your own shows. You know, um, we, there is a lack of commercial support, mainstream commercial support for um, artists period, but particularly Black artists, artists working within, you know, quote unquote, Black genres, Black disciplines. So, you know, you're just used to doing for yourself. you know, and, and trying to build community and all those sorts of things. There was, uh, there were very few of my peers at that time were making a living full-time as artists, right? So we always had multiple gigs. I always had multiple jobs. You know, if I if I brought up my, you know, the, the resume I would use to apply for a job, for example, lists only things that are relevant. But if I told you all the kind of things I did, you know, <laughs> to like, to make money um, while trying to be an artist um yeah we would run out of paper um but you know so that ethic has always been there it's, it's been a part of my life for you know 20 plus years um and you know once i started working with you know organizations like dance immersion that i mentioned earlier or unity charity or uh the, the cmrra you know you that didn't really change what It might've changed for me specifically in the sense that, you know, maybe 50% of my time was devoted to um, pursuing artistic endeavors. And then 50 was trying to, you know, uh, make ends meet. And that equation has changed a little bit for me over time where I am more and more embedded in the arts administration side, you know, so like the, that equation has changed. And once I started working at Toronto Arts Council where I've been for four, four years now, um, I think the biggest change has been a greater appreciation um, for actually the kind of, um, a greater appreciation for actually even stuff like what we're doing here today. The need for things like this The needs for, um, you know, organizations like Manifesto, House, uh, Remix Project, um, Rise, you know, I could go on and on, like naming organizations that are providing platforms for Black artists in this city, Um, because working for a, a funder, if I'm, to be honest, Um, I see the great strides that the arts funders, and I can, you know, I'm not talking about funders like Factor, which is a slightly different model than what we have at Toronto Arts Council or at Canada Council for the Arts or Ontario Arts Council, but, you know, I've seen shifts within um, those, you know, Canada's major arts funders that are increasing their support for Black artists. However, I still see how far, you know, we still need to go, to support Black artists pro- properly. Um, so, you know, that was a long winded kind of meandering um, answer to your question. But, you know, so the shifts for me personally um, haven't been too great, but it has given me a greater appreciation for um, the kind of gaps that do exist. Mm-hmm.
0: And what about you, Anthony? What was that transition you yeah
1: so i mean I, i'm gonna echo quite a bit of what kevin said but um before that I'll, I'll add something something else for me too that's been great is i wouldn't even necessarily call it a transition from creative to business but more an addition as in the creative side's always been there and i didn't have the business knowledge but then you know taking that deep dive into these music industry jobs has given me extra tools to add, you know, to, to my overall knowledge. And I think that's that's helped me a lot because this business knowledge kind of helps you strategize how you wanna move in the industry as an artist, but then also, you know, whatever creative moves you make will also inform your business strategy. So it's kind of this, this complementing of, of two essential sets of skills and knowledge that you need. And so, you know, I'm saying this for, for everyone listening to, if you're an artist, uh, you know, definitely, if you see an opening in a music industry job, I would say, you know, consider applying because even if it's not necessarily a job that you you know for sure you want to do forever, you're going to learn some things that will help you at some point um, as an artist. Um, but now you know going back also to, to what Kevin said too about this appreciation for all the amazing organizations in Toronto and across Canada that are doing all these things to really support black artists and, and just you know helping really to teach these skills it's, it's essential and, and it's wonderful. And also, same thing, you know, Factor, it's true, as Kevin said, and I'm sure we'll talk about this more, Factor, it doesn't have the exact same model, because the mandate is different uh, relative to the arts councils and how it functions. But similarly, we've also made strides in supporting more diverse artists, Well, firstly, recognizing that we should support diverse artists, but then also, you know, starting to implement strategies to try and reach them and make sure that, you know, they are successful in their applications. Um, So yeah, it's great. There's a lot of things more to do but a lot of progress has been made in the last few years and I'm I'm optimistic for the future.
0: I agree I think that um interning while I was in Toronto I did a lot of interning a lot of volunteer work um sometimes just being present like sometimes I wasn't even on the team that was (laughs) supposed to do anything but just being present and seeing the way that things run behind the scenes really helps me to change the way that I do things as an artist. So I think, you know, your recommendation about um, trying to get something that's in music business or being involved in that kind of stuff really helps because sometimes as an artist, it's like you only think about it from that perspective. And so even like doing Afrowave and having to be the person who's organizing and not the person who's performing was really Helpful for me, even writing grants for myself and so on. That definitely helped me out. Uh, so one thing I wanted us to kind of lay out as a foundation was the difference between grants and, and sponsorships and funds. Like we hear that thrown around a lot: grant writing and sponsorships and funds. And but I don't know if everyone here kind of knows the difference. So I'm not sure if one of you just kind of wanted to take a um, give us an explanation of the difference between grants and, and funds and sponsorships
1: sure so i can start uh, just with the factor perspective because we have the word sponsorship for a program so and that that might be part of the the confusion as well so so factor for for those if if anyone doesn't know in in the attendance uh we are a public-private partnership so we have money both from the department of heritage at the federal level and from the private sector from uh, specifically the, the radio broadcasters and our mandate is to support the canadian commercial music industry so really what we're trying to do is stimulate the music industry economy and, and create jobs and make sure that whenever we give funding to artists that, you know, um, producers, studios, venues, everyone kind of gets paid and, and there's just economic activity, okay? So we have programs available for artists at all levels in their career, as well as for businesses. So uh, record labels um, and songwriters and, and, and other types of organizations, nonprofit profit organizations and corporations too, um, most of our programs really has, have to do with when you apply, you have to talk about how what you're doing is growing your own business. So if you're an artist, you're going to say, uh, please give me this grant. And I, with this plan, I will grow my fan base, whatever percentage or, you know, whatever kind of thing. And then we have another program of which I am the, the project coordinator called sponsorship. And this one works very differently from all the other factor programs, because in sponsorship, it's actually not about you, it's about your community. So if you apply to the artist programs, you're gonna say, I am doing this business plan and it will score my fan base. If you're applying to sponsorship, you're gonna say, this is the plan or the project that I wanna do, and this will benefit my community in, in all this and that way. So I'm just gonna use one quick example, is the Afrowave, which we're very happy that we funded, I think at the end of 2020 or start of 2021, I don't remember, um, but it was through sponsorship uh, same thing, AfroWave, it was um, Lexicon, he came with a proposal. He said, we're going to organize this big concert, uh, the series of, of digital concerts that's going to be basically a platform for all the artists in the community, right? So it wasn't a project for Lexicon, it was a project for the AfroWave community. So, so for the, specifically for Factor, that is kind of the difference between sponsorship and all the other grants. Other grants is about growing your business, sponsorship is about doing something that has an impact in your community of Kevin
2: Hoster. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I think yeah. Anthony started to lay out um, some of the key distinctions between an entity like Factor and um, the Toronto Arts Council. So, you know, uh, Toronto Arts Council is a not-for-profit, it's an arms-length agency of the City of Toronto, and um, to receive funding from um, the Toronto Arts Council, you have to be an independent artist, um, part of what we call an ad hoc collective or a registered not-for-profit. For-profit entities and businesses aren't eligible to get funding from a funder like Toronto Arts Council. And, you know, our focus is on providing um, financial support to um, artists and organizations um, with the which allowing artists to, you know, get paid to do their work. um, And uh, essentially, you know, TAC exists to support the production and presentation and creation of art throughout the city of Toronto. There is not an expectation of a financial return. Um, There really is just that there's money available for artists and for organizations who are who are operating in a not-for-profit capacity um, to get some funds. Now, they they this highlights a bit of a tension, you know, because there's no artist who wants to be a starving artist all the time and wants to live um, from grant to grant. You do not want to be in a situation where um, if you don't get a grant per se, um, you know, it, it, your livelihood, your overall livelihood, is at risk, right? So, there there is an inherent tension there that we, frankly, I don't I, I don't know if the that divide and that tension has been resolved, you know. Um, but um, getting back to the question, you know, in my mind, one of the main differences between, say, sponsorship and the grant, um, and and I'm not specifically talking about um. The programs that factor. I'm just talking about the idea of sponsorship. You know, sponsorship. There's an expectation of financial return. Often, you know, so if if Coca-Cola is sponsoring an event, for example, it is because they expect their people are going to show up and maybe buy lots of Coke. They're going to see the branding of Coca-Cola, and it's going to um, have a positive impact on Coca-Cola's bottom line. Grants, on the other hand, are money that you do you know you don't have to return there's no expectation that you know Toronto Arts Council does not want to see profit what we do want to see when we fund a project or fund an artist is that you you complete that project so if you apply to record a demo you know what we expect you to do is record a demo is to take our money and record that demo if you are applying to you know do a a festival same thing take that money and execute the festival. We do ask we do ask that all um, successful um, grantees or, you know, that once they complete a project that they report on it, but that's it. You know, we, we're we not expecting anything beyond the execution of the project you described to us.
0: And that's one thing that I will want us to touch on a little bit later. Um, so I'm glad you kind of mentioned that was the reporting side. Um, just based on the last grant work workshop that we had and just conversations around um, like with my peers and so on, a lot of persons don't know about the reporting side of the grants, kind of like, okay, I have the application. I got the money now. Let's just go do my thing. Um, so that's something I definitely want us to touch on. Uh, but what I wanted to do first was just kind of, Anthony, I guess I'll go with you. Um, tell us a little bit about the grants that are available at Factor, Um, most of our participants um, or the majority at least is like emerging artists, independent artists, solo artists. Um, So what are some of the grants that are accessible to to those, to that audience?
1: Great question, very happy to talk about it. So we have two main programs that, uh, you know, I think most people in, um, in the attendance would want to look at the first one being something called artist development. So this one is is really good especially for people who are kind of near the more the start of their career so don't yet have a very big fan base or maybe are really just starting out like don't have any music out you know um artists at kind of that stage. Uh so the goal of artist development is to give you a subsidy towards your your general artist expenses within some categories so there's sound recording so anything to do with going to the studio, paying a producer, getting your music makes the master, things like that. Uh, touring, everyone knows what touring is. Marketing, that includes you know, digital, Facebook, Instagram ads, things like that. And then also video. So if you wanna do music video, that's part of it too. Uh, so for that grant, you can get $2,000 um, and then, so, oh, so something about Factor, I should have said at the start is, we are in the business of subsidizing expenses that you are already incurring anyway as a professional artist. So our subsidy rate for the artist development is 75%. So what that means is if we give you this $2,000, we are basically funding 75% of your expenses. So you just have to show us, and and I'm sure we'll talk about this more for the completion reporting, but in the completion, you're just gonna put your your proofs of expenses and invoices and things like that. And it just has to add up to $2,667 because that number would be 100% and then the 2000 would be the 75%. And so this program uh, normally is supposed to last around a year, but then if people need extensions for whatever reason, I mean, right now with COVID, everyone basically had an extension, which is totally fine. So it's possible for it to, to last longer. But um, yeah, this is artist development. This is the, the, the easiest one, I think, both to apply to and also to you know, receive and then kind of do the, the work on it. Um, and also similar to what Kevin said about the, the programs of the TAC, there's no expectation here of profit or anything like that. Uh, There's no, there's even actually no expectation of you having, you know, finished necessarily all the music that you said you would do or anything. It's really just a $2,000 grant for you to kind of get your career started. And, you know, if you had a dream to do an EP or or kind of get, you know, get a few songs that you want to have, you know, in a professional kind of portfolio, you can just get this $2,000 and you can do that. And then the second program that um, everyone should check out. So if you are, if you feel like you're at a stage that is a, a little probably... Further in your career than for the artist development, you can apply for this program called Jury Sound Recording. Uh, this one's a little more ambitious. So here, the minimum amount you can get is ten thousand, but it can go up to six seven five six seven thousand five hundred, and that depends on how much you claim. So if you have enough expenses, you can claim that full amount. But essentially, for this one, you actually have to do a full album, um, and, and here it is a little more um, in, in terms of like. The stuff you have to do so for sure you, you do have to do the album and you have to release it you, you can't take that grant and then not do the album um, but yeah th- there's a little more work in terms of you know what what kind of stuff you have to um write in the grant you do have to submit a full marketing plan for how you are going to market uh this album and how you're going to create it and you have to explain who your whole team is uh, but yeah th- those are probably the two you know main artist programs definitely the two most popular ones Um, and and as you can see, yeah, the the amounts are different, so you do have to pick wisely because you can only pick one of the two per year. And I'll leave it at that.
0: Okay, sounds good. And you, Kevin, for TAC?
2: Okay, so um, yeah, TAC has, uh, you know, funding programs for organizations and individuals. I'm going to limit the conversation to uh, funding available to individuals. And um, what I'm going to say, so the first thing I'm going to say is Um, Our programs that are available to individuals, um, they're kind of two categories. One that we call arts discipline categories. Um, So, you know, so we have funding programs um, devoted to each or not each, but specific art disciplines. So if you're a dancer, there's a dance projects program. If you're a writer, there's a literary program. And if you're a theater artist, there's a theater program and music, there's a music projects program. So we have those, what we call arts discipline projects. And generally speaking, I'm gonna come back to this because it's a little bit more complex than this, but generally speaking, you can get um, up to $15,000 through any of those project um, programs. Um, And we also have what we call strategic programs. Um, And that's for stuff like if you have a project that maybe it's multidisciplinary in nature, and maybe you're working in a library. You want to do some pr- performances and ex- exhibitions, uh, whatever, in the library. There's an artist in the library program. Um, there's an animating historic sites. There's um, uh, a newcomer and refugee program. Um, so, you know, and, and those the names of those programs are kind of self-explanatory. They, they tell you what the, the projects, what type of things they're looking for in the name. Um, I'm going to put a link um, in the chat. Um, so it's, uh, you know, you can click on it and you'll be able to um, see what I'm talking about in terms of the two types of grants. Warning, TAC's current website is lousy. It is lousy. Like it is very text heavy. It's out, out of date. So you you might look at the link and think, um, sorry, I forgot to put to everyone. Yeah, you're going to look at that link and you might find it difficult to decipher. I suggest you just reach out to me. Like if you look at it and you find it's like way too much information, too, uh, too difficult to access, I would then say, reach out to me and I'll actually point you in the direction of who you need to reach. And I'm going to put my contacts in the chat as well. So, you can mm-hmm. just you. contact me directly with any questions. Okay, so mostly musicians in here. So I'm gonna talk about a couple, even though this the Music Projects program isn't the pro, uh, portfolio I manage, but I can give you some high level details, point you in the right direction. And then we also have TAC recently launched a Black Artist Projects program. So a funding program specifically geared towards Black artists. I'll talk a little bit about that as well. And how you can access those. So um, the Music Projects uh, program, there are actually two things that might be of interest to you. There's one that's called Music Projects, and it's for if you know if you're doing uh, a presentation, um, like like it's kind of event focused, um, a festival, those kind of things. You're, it's or dissemination of some uh, music work. You can apply to that program as up to fifteen thousand dollars that you can get through that program. Now the deadline the deadline has passed for this year, but the next deadline will be in the first week in February of twenty twenty two. And then there is a um, music creation stream that has um, three, or sorry, music creation program that has three different streams. One is called creation. So you can get up to $5,000 if you're in the writing and composition phase um, of you know, a project. Then there is um, a demo recording um, stream and you can get up to $4,000 for that. And then there is a full length recording stream and you can get $10,000 uh, pro- through that stream um now for the black artists program um i know it's a short turnaround time but the deadline is october 7th all right so um this the black arts projects program um, supports black supports projects led by black artists black artist collectives and um you know when we say black we're talking about you know the organizations are led by Black folks, Black-focused organizations, and they're, you know, serving, um, you know, Black populations. Um, but so the this program supports, again, similar to uh, the music program, there's a creation and development compo- component um, where you can get, uh, depending on whether you are, it depends... The, there are a couple of factors, but you can get up to somewhere between ten dollars to $15,000. Um, and uh, you know, it will support, again, uh, full creation, partial creation of you know works, whether you're starting from scratch or they're already kind of in process um, or in progress, sorry. They'll also fund, um, even if you're in the research and development stage, that might require you, maybe you're testing an idea for something you're working on. This might be an avenue for you to um, explore. And again, that's open to individual artists and artist collectives. There's another uh, um, component of the Black Artist Projects Program that supports presentation. And so that's for the exhibition presentation and dissemination of work by Black artists. And it can be in any arts discipline but you know we're mostly musicians in this room, so you know I'm assuming that's what you'll be looking to do. Um, it it's important to keep in mind that for this component though, it is really as presentation focused. So something um, like you know Afterwave, I know uh, when you've done your programming and there's also often workshop components and things of that nature. This presentation um, component it's not for that. This is strictly for the presentation. So, um, you know, a a performance-based events would be, you know, the kind of thing we're looking at. Um, Additionally, there's a mentorship component where up to $5,000 is um, available, where, you know, if an applicant wants to um, work with a mentor, has identified a mentor um, that they wanna work with and acquire specific skills within a particular artistic um, uh, modality or discipline, um you can again apply to that um component or that stream of the funds for up to five thousand dollars um i'll put a link to all that in the um the chat as well but Uh, i saw a
0: couple persons so i just had some questions um usually it's okay if they're sent in the chat as well but i I forgot this is one of those workshops where a lot of links are going to be sent, so they may get lost. Um, So if you had a question, I think we're going to probably answer yours now, Gio, just based on what we're going to next. Um, I think it's probably best if everyone just sends it in the designated Q&A, just so I can keep track of everything and we're making sure we're answering everybody's um, questions and not missing anyone.
1: Can I quickly jump in and just say... Is it okay if we make a big um, document at the end, like a Google doc or something, and we put all the links, cause I had tons of links too, but I feel yeah, like if we put them throughout the conversation, every, okay. like, so we can just send you all those links, that way people can check out all yeah, the programs. So afterwards, if, yeah?
0: if you idea, guys already idea. have um, your links or a document with links, feel free to send them um, just to the email we were corresponding through, and then I can just forward everything to everyone. I'm actually gonna put that Brilliant. in here for everyone so you can reach out to me at operations at Theo.com. if you're interested in getting all these links and you think you may have missed one or something i can just send it to you um so just reach out to me there let me know that you were in this workshop and that you just want the links um and then i guess kevin and anthony you can forward me all that stuff afterwards yeah um, sounds good just scene if we missed anything here. So Kevin, were you finished wrapping up? Um, oh yeah, yeah, okay. So I know you mentioned some of the deadlines that were coming up. Anthony, I know you didn't touch on them. Are there any upcoming deadlines for uh, the artist development or- the Yeah,
1: so, good question. I should, so artist development is the same as the um, Black Arts uh, Grant, it's yeah. October 7th. So yeah, that's very, it's coming up soon. Uh, Juried Sound Recording, I believe, is December second. It's it's near the end of the year, so that one is there's more time. But yeah, if you want to apply to Artist Development, you should start now.
0: Okay, okay. thank you so much. So everyone, make sure you're making notes, writing down these deadlines. Um, so also, I Artist was...
1: Development, there's four per year, so there is actually okay. it's, there's a lot. Uh, Juried Sound Recording is only two.
0: Okay, and yeah. I know that there was previously there's a rule where it's like you could only apply to one, one. of the two of the two. Yeah, okay. so you have to pick carefully. Okay, yep. <laughs> <So> everyone <laughs> bear that in mind. Um, so I just wanted to move on to the process of um, applying for a grant. I know that based on the grant, like I you know Kevin, you talked about this a lot, based on the grant that you are writing, then it probably has different requirements. Um, but just the typical requirements, I know someone asked, do you have to be from Toronto to get a, a TAC grant? Um, Just stuff like that. What is typically um, expected and what can people expect to see when they look at that list of that criteria that's required? Um, Anthony, if you want to go ahead?
1: Yeah, so Factor, we operate at the national level. So you just need to be a Canadian citizen or a permanent resident or have other pieces of um, Canadian ID uh, like this as well. Um, And you can also be a Canadian living outside of Canada. If you're a citizen, that's okay. That's our only requirement to be eligible for a Factor grant. But then, of course, depending on the specific grant, there are mm-hmm. some requirements. So, I'm just quickly because I saw a, a question um, in the chat. So, I'm just going to because it's kind of related yeah, to that. Um, Someone was asking about artists with no experience mm-hmm. applying for jury sound recording. That's a great question. So, uh, yes, absolutely. Juried sound recording is not a restrictive program. However, artist development is restricted in that it's only people who really are near the beginning of their career. So actually, if you're too big as an artist, we're not gonna let you apply for this because we don't want you to take funding away from people that are starting out, which is the intended audience for that program. So only artists who have a rating, we have a rating system called General can apply to artist development. But if you have a higher rating, you you can only apply to Jury Sound Recording or other grants. But Jury Sound Recording, even with a general rating, you can apply to that if you feel like that's the one you wanna do, that's totally cool.
0: Uh, Just before we get to to you, Kevin, uh, just let everyone know, I know we started a bit late because we had a bit of a link issue, Um, so this section may run a little bit into a couple minutes into the Q&A. We'll still try to wrap up everything on time, but I just want to make sure everyone's getting as much information as possible before we just cut it and go to um, questions, so just bear with us. Uh, Kevin, yes, typical requirements and um, what would be expected if you're writing a TSE grant?
2: Yeah, so, you know, uh, TAC only funds activity that takes place in the City of Toronto, and um, supports artists that are based in Toronto. Um, Now, if you happen to be working with a group of artists, um, and some of the members don't live within um, the city limits, that's okay, as long as the majority of the members of the group, let's say, you know, three out of five members of a group, for example, live in the City of Toronto, then that's no problem um yeah and you know similarly uh to what anthony was saying you don't have to be a citizen necessarily if you're a landed you know you have landed status refugee status or you know you're in the process of you know claiming any of those um statuses then that's fine as long as you live in the city of toronto and to be clear by city of toronto we mean 416 area code or um postal code starting with an m you know because you know i often get calls from folks who you know live in Markham or uh, Whitby or Mississauga or something and say oh they have and it's a great idea or a great sounding project but unfortunately it doesn't take place in Seattle, Toronto um, other than that I think I should also note that you know and I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain it's going to be the same for Factor um that all applications are done online for a TAC um you know you um have to create a portfolio within our online um application system which is called smart simple you know, you create a, um, a profile for yourself, um, if you're applying as an individual artist, or if you're p- applying on behalf of a collective or organization, you have to, you know, you create. We have two different types of profiles. Um, all you really need is an email, and once you, you know, provide an email and contact information, um, you're good to go. And when you sign into the portal, it'll show you all the applications, the upcoming applications. That you're eligible to apply for. So if you know you create an, uh, a, a profile as an individual artist, when you sign in, you'll see all the upcoming granting deadlines that any individual artist can apply for.
1: Yes, I'll jump in real quick, Kevin. You're right. For us, it's also all online, and similarly, we also have a profile. So you just make a profile in in a portal, and then when you you know you click on your profile, it'll show you. There's a dropdown of what. Uh, Programs you can apply to, uh, and if you don't see the program that you wanted to apply to, that probably means that you don't have the correct type of profile. So, for instance, uh, if it's a business type of program, then you would need a, a corporation or something like that instead of being an individual. So you have to make a profile for that. You get the idea. Yeah.
0: I just to you, Anthony. I I applied for. I think it was the artist development back when it was called the demo grant. That's a little while ago.
1: Yeah, that's a while um, ago. I
0: actually got it that year, which I was very happy, very accomplished. Yes. Um, but if I'm remembering correctly, was there an approval time? I think I had to sign up like a couple, a week or a couple weeks ahead of time. Um, I don't know if you can speak on that for people who don't. Oh, for have your
1: approval. profile. Yeah. So, okay. That's a good question. So we have this kind of thing where you sign up and then you, you're gonna be lost in space for a couple of days, could be up to a week, because basically you, you need to be assigned to someone called a project coordinator. So at Factor, your project coordinator is kind of your best friend that's just there to, to help you with anything. You can call us, email us. So I'm a project coordinator for the sponsorship program that I spoke to at the start, but um, all the other project coordinators are wonderful. Um, so you're gonna be assigned to someone at some point and they're gonna review your profile. So they're just gonna look at all the info you put to make sure that it's all good, and then they're gonna validate it. And then from that point, you will be able to apply. However, something, this is a very underrated tip, I'm gonna send that um, as part of all the links that I'm gonna send. We have something called applicant resources and it shows you specifically what all the questions are in all of the grant programs. So my suggestion to you is look at this link, look at the artist development questions while you're working on your profile and you can start working on it on the Word document. That way, by the time your profile is approved, you'll already have your application ready and you just need to copy paste all that stuff in
2: and then you're
0: good. Awesome. And is it the same thing for TAC, Kevin?
2: Um, no. Uh, um, ours is better. Uh, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> once, once, I don't mean that at all. But um, it is just different. Like um, for us, once you provide the, um, the appropriate uh, contact information mm-hmm. and then hit submit, you're pretty much, you can just log in and Go ahead. start applying right away. Um, the one thing I will say though, is if you don't provide all the information we ask for, you won't be able to submit the, oh. you know, so if like your phone number is missing or incorrect or something like. Read all
0: the instructions, just yeah. like high school. <laughs> yeah. Don't miss it. Okay, so this part, reporting, um, as part of the application process, how do you recommend that um, artists prepare for this stage? Of the grant writing process, um, are there any tips and tricks? Anything that they definitely need to have? Uh, Kevin, I have a great tip. Or, or, tips or tips oh, Kevin, I know. Okay.
1: okay, I'll go. Okay, no, because I'm going to talk about my experience here. Because so I was a recipient of artist development a couple, a few years back. Okay, and I didn't follow that tip, and I totally should have. So you are going to have to um, submit. Essentially, you're going to make a big uh, zip file, and you're going to put all your invoices and all your proofs of payment, both things, okay? So if, let's say, you paid for a Facebook ad for your song, let's say $50, you're gonna have to put the invoice from Facebook of the $50 and also the proof, your uh, credit card statement or whatever. Just you highlight just that bit and you can hide all the other parts, but just have to prove that you paid that part, okay? Um, and what happens? And, and if so, of course, it has to add up to 2,667 because that's 100% and 2,000 is the 75%, okay? And so it has to add up and we're gonna give you a big Excel template. So it's super easy, you just have to put it in. Now the part that destroys people, which destroyed me too, is don't do all of this the day before it's due. If you do all of these things as you incur the expenses, let's say you have 180 expenses in total, cause I had like 150 or something. If you do it as you incur them, it takes five seconds to just put it in a folder in your laptop, it takes two seconds, then you're good. But if it's a year later and now you have to track down 200 plus expenses proof of payments and invoices this is going to give you the biggest headache and it's a big pain now don't tell me when i told you this you can ask for an extension if for whatever reason you know you you it was too difficult you couldn't do it it's fine you know we're, we're not going to say no you cannot get it it's okay but you know ideally you want to do stuff on time because it's just better it's better for everyone if you track down these invoices as you incur them it's super easy it's not too hard and then i'll just quickly say about like the um There's also kind of like a writing part. You basically just need to say kind of what you did, like did it go according to plan or not. For artist development, it's actually totally cool. It's like I said, it's really just $2,000 for you to jumpstart your career. So you don't at all, like if you don't do what you said you would do, we're not gonna run after you and say, hey, this is wrong and stuff. It's really fine. You're allowed to change plans, That's, that's fine. During sound recording, like I said, you do have to release an album. So if by that time you haven't released it, Again, we can give you an extension and you can release it. That's totally cool. But you, you do need to release that. Um, and also it works differently in that we don't give you 100% of the money up front, actually. I think it's 50% it's probably capped at that. And then you get the other 50% once you've submitted your completion report with the proof that the album is out and all these things. So, yeah, it's actually pretty straightforward. It's, it's easier to do a completion than an application if you have all your materials and you're ready for it.
0: And for
2: you, Kevin? Yeah, you know, I would, um, that last point, that I, I think if you've gone through the application process and you've, cause you know, writing grants aren't easy. If you've done the grant writing, the reporting is gonna be all right. Um, another thing, you know, and Anthony kind of touched on this too is, or it was kind of implicit in what Anthony was saying. Like, I, I think it's important um, for artists to remember, particularly who are new to this process. And, you know, it can be intimidating you know, you were applying to these institutions and having to report to these institutions. We're on your side. Like the vast majority of my colleagues are also artists or arts administrators. Like it's, you know, we have toes in um, both um, pools and we want to see you succeed. We want to, um, you know, help you succeed. And when we're, when we're the kind of requirements that we put, like reporting requirements, you know, For TAC, part of it is we have to report back to the city of Toronto on what's happened, what we're doing with Toronto, the city of Toronto's money. It's not because like when you apply, we're like, I'm, like the reporting process isn't me trying to hunt you down and make sure you spent every nickel exactly, you know, how you said it would be. It's more to kind of understand what happened. So with that big preamble, let me just say the reporting process is relatively straightforward if you're successful, if your grant is successful at TAC, when you get the notification letter um, that your grant was successful, it'll tell you that from this day forward, you have two years to complete your project. Um, but, you know, most people, you know, w- when you apply, you submit your own project plan, right? So um, we, Let's say you've told us that you're going to be finished in six months. That's cool. So um, from the day you tell us that your project is going to be finished, we expect a report 90 days after your what you selected as your project due date. Okay? But as I said, we also give you up to two years. So if there's delays anywhere along that um, you know, during your process, all you need to do is, you know, send us whoever your program manager is, if it's me or somebody else, send us an email saying, Hey, this is what's happening. Um, Or we have to change the timeline and we'll update your files accordingly. And it's cool. No big deal. But anyway. um, So that's kind of the administrative um, stuff behind it. What we ask for in the report really is did you do what you said you were going to do that is that is essentially it you know if you if you you know like what anthony was saying if you you know we're going to put out an album said you're going to do an album did you do the album we you know and and as part of another thing i should add as part of the applications you know you you provide support material right um and when you report we also like to see the support material so if, if, in the case if it's uh um if it's an album you know hey send us you know s- send us some music files you know send us links to where we can listen to that album um and then the other component of the report is the budget so when you submit an application um, to okay pause for a second we're just pause and say most or many of the uh funding programs require you to fill out a budget some of them don't because it's just a set amount like there's five thousand dollars you can get and you're just going to get five thousand dollars we don't you know that's it you do what you don't have to provide a budget and break down what you're going to do we're giving you five thousand dollars to contribute to your living expenses as you do your art But for the projects that do require a budget, um, you know, so you're going to submit a budget at the beginning and let's say you tell us your project is going to cost $20,000 and you need $10,000 from TAC. Cool. And then your project gets approved on that basis. When you're reporting, it's possible things have changed and that's okay. Okay. You, if, if it ended up costing you only $17,000, that's cool. Tell us it only costs $17,000 and then tell us how you spent that $17,000. So it's important that both when you apply and when you report, or, or what's, what's really important isn't that your um, final report budget is the same as the application budget, but what is important is that the um, your expenses and revenues ma- um, balance. So, you know, if you if you say at the end that it costs seventeen thousand dollars to execute your project, then you need to also show seventeen thousand dollars worth of revenue. But you know, yeah. So that's pretty much it. Okay.
1: Just quickly Stop. jumping in just for yeah. one second sorry just to yes. echo what kevin said that we are not out to get people there's actually one of the biggest myths of public funding uh, yeah, i'm yeah. sure tac yeah. gets this oac gets <laughs> cca we get this you know project coordinators we're your friends we're artists <laughs> we've applied to grants too we know what it's like we know that it's hard and we're not out here trying to get you and be like oh yeah you got this part wrong no, and, but this is also why it's important for you to contact us and build a relationship with us. Like the minute you get assigned project coordinator, send us an email, give us a call and just say, hey, this is what I'm trying to do. And then we'll be here. We're kind of like, I don't know, your financial advisor. You know. We're here to kind of you know, advise kind of, if you start saying, okay, I don't know if I want to do an album or this or that, we'll tell you what program is probably the best for the scenario that you're in so that you don't make mistakes and so, so that you don't you know, run into issues with us afterwards. We're on your side and we're here to help you. So it's important also for you to be honest and transparent with us and don't try to hide your plans with us because that's, it's not the right thing to do, right? Yeah, just wanted to say that.
0: Thank you, Anthony. Uh, So the, I know we want to, we have a bunch of questions here waiting for us. Um, But one thing that I wanted to cover because it is, I'm not going to say a debate, but it's a hot topic um, amongst emerging artists. And that is, professional grant writer or write the grant myself. Uh, So I just wanted to get, you know, your opinion being persons that are on the receiving end of these grant applications, um, just what you think about it. And also if persons are writing grants by themselves, what are some of the Tips and tricks, or things that are good to put into your project. I know you talked a little bit about that um, throughout the discussion, um, but just what can give them, for lack of a better phrase, a competitive advantage um, or a, a better chance of getting a successful grant? I don't know who wants to go first. Uh, Kevin.
2: Um, I'm going to go first. Uh, pr- particularly because um, the first part of the question, I have like not strong feelings, but.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Felix. Um, yeah. So, you know, I'm not sure how many of the um, attendees um, read my bio or were here when I was talking about um, my career, as it were. But um, the, a significant portion of my life has been spent writing grants. So I mentioned working for an organization called Dance Immersion. I did a lot of things there. But the main thing I did was write grants. I worked for Unity Charity, I did other things, but the biggest part of my job was writing grants. You know, I founded an organization called Mosiah Creative, I can't even remember what I called it now, but it's in my bio. (laughs) And what I did was write grants, primarily for artists. And so um, my personal feeling, you might talk to other grant writers, they might tell you other things. Um, We all, you know, to we all can for the most part, we all have the capacity to write a grant, you know. We we can all do it. Um where the big but you know, everyone like the grant navigating the grant systems, you know, it isn't intuitive for everyone. Um in many ways it replicates the kind of systemic and instillate institutional barriers that you know um privilege some over others that is all true right but set those things aside let's pretend we live in a world where we're all starting from a similar kind of um uh, basis for me the real value in what, what like I'm a great grant writer and I there's actually a there's a there's a dude in attendance I see named DeLorean that we we used to work together DeLorean can tell you I'm a good grant writer, (laughs) but, and so, you know, I bring value and I, I believe I bring value as a writer, but, um, if I write a grant for you, um, you probably don't need to hire me again to write a grant. Once you, once, once I've written a good grant for you and you have that in your possession and you can refer back to it, and you can learn from that template I've provided you, you probably don't really need me to write another grant for you unless it really is a capacity thing that you like navigating the system is difficult for you and or you don't have the time or energy to do it, right? But there, so that's the first kind of thing I just like to put out there. Um, Also, if you meet a grant writer who says to you something like, oh, I guarantee you, there are no guarantee you guarantees any grant writer who says that to you is you should run you should not or they're committing some kind of fraud and you don't want to get mixed up in that like that is just there are no guarantees um yeah what was the second part of the question or or maybe i should just let anthony chime in and we can
1: sure yeah well just i'll just, let uh, co Cole... oh sorry carissa do you want to
0: just remind you as well anthony uh just yeah for those persons who um, for whatever reason it may be, decide to write the grant on, on their own. Uh, what are just some of the recommendations, any tips or tricks, any, any hacks? <laughs> that yeah. Okay.
1: So just great. Thank you. Um, echoing what Kevin said, definitely be careful with grant writing. So I'm basically, I'm not endorsing nor not endorsing grant writing. Some people do it and, and they can be successful and so like, it's totally cool. But just, yeah, there's, unfortunately, there are a lot of bad ones Uh, and a lot of ones that lie and say stuff like, I guarantee you this kind of thing. And also something else is, when you create your applicant profile, you are the applicant. The the grant writer is not, he's just an administrator. They're just there to write the grunt. If the grant writer says a lot of stuff that's not true and says, I'm gonna put out three albums or whatever, you know, say a lot of stuff that's totally wrong and you get the grunt, you are the one that's on the hook for it. And you are the one that has to submit the completion and then gets in trouble if all of a sudden everything is totally wrong So if you hire someone, which is okay, you can, but just make sure you read what they put in the grant before they hit submit and make sure you talk to them. And also, if we, the project coordinator, try to get in touch with you, make sure that the grant writer is also cc'd in the emails or make sure that everyone's kind of on the same page. Because sometimes also as an administrator, the grant writer will kind of be the one talking to the project coordinator and you, the applicant, has no clue what's happening. While we're telling the administrator, hey, this part is weird and this is strange and this is that red flags everywhere kind of thing. OK, just be super careful about that. Now, uh, the second half about what are some tips for yourself as a as a if you're writing it yourself. I mean, really, you know, firstly, understands the underlying guiding principles of the um, that you're applying to so for instance we, we spoke about a bit about the differences between factor and, and TAC so it's actually totally possible for you to you know technically have the same project and get funding in both but likely you're going to be emphasizing different parts of the project you know to, to us versus to TAC maybe to TAC it's going to be really about the artistic impact and for us it's going to be about you know your business plan and how many fans to expect to get that kind of stuff right so make sure that you don't use the factor playbook, both at Factor and at TAC because it's probably going to be a flop at TAC and vice versa. That's one thing. Um, Next, obviously, make sure that you, you know, reread your grant a few times, make sure that it's clear, make sure that it's, oh, another thing is actually super important is, um, how do I say it? Yeah, make sure that you, you don't necessarily need to try to make yourself be bigger than you are. You know what I mean? Like be realistic and, and propose something that's achievable. So factor, even though I'm saying, oh, we're so business oriented, which we are, but we also know that it takes a lot of time and a lot of money to grow a business. So we don't expect you, if you have hundred followers to get a $2,000 grant and then go to 10 million followers. We don't want you to do that. We just want you to have some growth, but we don't care if the growth is hundred percent, which is hundred to 200 followers or if it's 10 million million percent, You know what I mean? So, sometimes people get the impression that they have to say that they're going to be the next Drake. And no, you don't have to do that at all. We don't expect you to do that. Uh, right? That's important. Now, yeah, Kevin, you can chime in if you have.
2: Yeah. You know, um yes, I agree wholeheartedly with everything Anthony just said. Um but if if I were to um, emphasize the single most important tip I would say for our grant writer is contact the program manager or, in fact,or case the project coordinator, just because, um, yeah, we can answer every question you have, um, you know, and as Anthony and I both said, we're on your side. Uh, we want to see you be successful. In TAC's case, um, first time applicants, if you give if you talk to the program manager, if you give them enough notice before the deadline, they will actually give you feedback on a draft of your application. Right. So that's something to keep in mind and a valuable resource, I think, to um, take advantage of if you can. Um, So, yeah, I I would say, in addition to everything Anthony said, contact the program manager. whatever program you're applying to, whatever funder, if there's a contact name there, contact that person and ask all your questions.
0: Thank you. So I see that we have about 14 minutes. Um, I just wanted to get some of these questions here answered. Uh, So I guess we'll just start from top and move down. Uh, So I think this is for you, Anthony. There was one in the chat that we didn't get to. Uh, do you have an example of what the grant proposal would look like for the artist development grant?
1: Uh, yeah, so we, we can't unfortunately take a successful application and, and show you, but again, I can give you some tips. I mean, what we just said right now is, is already, you know, like be clear and, and transparent in what you're trying to do. You don't have to act like you're gonna super overachieve. It's totally cool if you have, as long as your plan's achievable, this is good. One thing that I can say is our recipients list is public, Uh, because again we're government funded so we have to let people know who we're funding so there's a a page called recipients you're totally free if you want to click on that page and then just look at whoever got artist development and then contact them and say hey can you let me know what you wrote in your application you know what (laughs) i mean If if you know friends who got the grant you can contact them and ask them that's totally cool just of course we don't want to start seeing lots of recycled applications of everyone submitting the same thing that's you know avoid that but yeah that's the closest you can do to doing what you asked for
0: I think too. Um, I haven't applied for it in a little while, but uh, I know the first time I applied for the artist development after applying for the demo grant, <laughs> it was there was a whole lot that was completely cut out. So I think it's it's a lot more straightforward um, now, if I remember carefully. There are a lot of requirements for the demo, so. Um, just from navigating it on my own, I think that it's it's pretty okay for emerging artists to kind of go through in terms of the questions being really straightforward. Um, One last thing too, I,
1: th- I should have mentioned is 75% of the score. Uh, oh, and oh, that's another thing too, and I and I'm sure TAC probably has that too. There is a grading rubric for each program. Look in the guideline. I'm going to send you those links in the pack of links. There is a rubric. Read the rubric so that you know what you're being scored on. That's actually so important, right? So 25% for artist development is is the writing stuff, and 75% is actually the music. So we've been talking about the plans and the marketing and all that, but actually make sure you submit your best song or your song that you think you know most people will enjoy because 75% of the grade is the music.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much, Anthony. Uh, this is for Kevin. If you're a black artist and then- Already submitted for a TAC grant in September. Can you also apply for the Black Artist Grant?
2: You can, as long as it's for a separate project. So, like, you can't, you know, if you applied to, I don't know, to the Theater Projects Program um, because you're working on a specific play, you can't then apply to the Black Artist Project for that same um, thing that you already applied for. But you have, a, if you have a different project idea. Yes, you can.
0: Okay, uh, to Anthony. Are there better odds of landing uh, one of the two grants you spoke of? Um, for beginner grant writers, where can we find a marketing model for an LP? I guess you kind of spoke- Good of question.
1: That. Yeah, so, there, well, okay. I don't wanna say there are better odds or not, just because everything depends on how many people are applying. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, get on in each round and how much funding is available. Although, last five years, our funding has been increasing from the government, so that's good. So, I, I can't tell you, but historically, the approval rate has been higher for the artist development as opposed to the jury sound recording. Um, so, yeah, if you want, at least based on historical data, I would go for artist development if you're eligible.
0: Okay, thank you. Uh, this is for Kevin. Would these creative uh, communities? Programs
2: also apply to video projects. Um, they can. Um, the, the 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 defining characteristic of the Creative Communities Projects Program isn't any arts isn't any specific arts discipline. Like you can apply to uh, Creative Communities for anything pretty much. But what is important is that there has to be a component of collaborative art making or skill development. So, if you're doing a if you're working on a Film, if you have a film, you know, you're working on documentary, short, feature length, whatever, you can't apply to the um, creative communities for that. However, if you are doing um, a series of weekend workshops with young people in a given community and part of the project is they're working on a film, then um, that would be eligible. So it all depends on the nature of the activity, not the actual art um, discipline involved.
0: Awesome, hope that answers that question. Uh, this is from Gio. I am a hip-hop artist. I can record in my home studio. Uh, can I assign the recording budget to other aspects, such as marketing, um, beats, videos, merch, production, etc., mixing, mastering? I think this may apply to both.
1: Sure, so. I can start. So yeah, we have a list. That's also in all the links I'm going to send of Expenses that are considered eligible versus not. So some of those here, uh, mixing and mastering, totally, that's part of the sound recording category. So that's eligible. Um, and then I, I forgot what, what else. Were. So merch is not. So we, you, we cannot give you funding for you to create merch. You can't do that. Uh, production, I guess hiring a producer, yes, that's eligible. Marketing, that is eligible. Generally, and again, that's why I was saying look at the underlying principles or guiding principles of the organizations. For us, it's stimulating the economy and creating jobs. So services generally are eligible. So we give you funding, you hire a producer, you hire a studio person, you hire an engineer, you hire a publicist, all these things. But then goods, generally, no. You can't spend capital expenses, you can't buy headphones or you know a MacBook or stuff like that. Um, you can up to $200 for artist development, so it's 10% of the offer, but the rest generally should be services. But there is a big list in the guidelines and this is also something you can ask your project coordinator.
0: So, yeah. And just off that, um, Anthony, cause I know you were saying, for example, like I am a Canadian citizen who's outside of the country. Um, so would those services apply to professionals who are outside of the country as well? So if I'm outside the country, would I have to use Canadian services or would I be able to use a Jamaican videographer in Yeah,
1: great question. Generally, really, it's supposed to be Canadian services. Um, although I, I think there may be some exceptions. I think it's like if, for instance, you're doing a whole album, if you, mm-hmm. if you have one producer who's not Canadian for whatever reason, and, and I think this is one of those actually where you, you probably have to actually reach out to us and you have to actually submit some extra info to basically explain why it's so important that you don't use a Canadian service provider. And then I think you may be able to get a small portion. But generally though i would say it's no it has to be canadian yeah.
0: yeah i know a lot of persons are on the move and having to collaborate globally now so i just wanted to you know make sure that we sorry got that.
1: another thing just to add is that you are allowed to work with as many non-canadians as you want but just okay. not with the canadian expense like not the canadian part of the funding okay. oh yeah i should have said this because it is expect i mean it's not expected but we assume that you are probably spending more than the grunt amount that we're giving you, right? Cause you're a professional yeah. artist. So if you get 2000, you're probably spending more than 2000 per year on your. maybe it's 5,000. So you're totally allowed to spend 3000 on non-Canadian, but then just the money that you get from us has to be Canadian.
2: Yeah.
0: And Kevin, if you could speak on TAC.
2: Yeah, same. You know, I, I'm looking at the list of expenses, um, there, um, Yeah, you you couldn't use um, TAC funding um, to produce merch, but everything else, um, again, depending on what um, specific program you're applying to, everything else um, is eligible. Um, The purchasing beats, I wouldn't characterize it as a purchasing beats. You'd you'd wanna say it's like production costs. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) production. But, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's all good.
0: Okay. I don't know if Anthony or Kevin had anything else to add um, or if there was any other final question from the attendees, but we have gotten to the end of our workshop. Um, So one thing that we do here is we like to drop our handles. Everybody kind of just drops their handles in so that we can network, even though we're not able to physically be Present. So, as usual, I will go ahead and take one for the team and go first. So, you can find me. At, I am Karis. Um, if you follow, I follow back. <laughs> so, feel free to go ahead. Um, you may just find someone in here who has a service that you are looking for. Uh, we had a brand consultant in here, artist manager. We have producers and so on. So, please go ahead and network with each other online uh but with no further ado i want to thank anthony and kevin so much for agreeing to do this and for being here and giving us so much information in such a short time um one thing
2: i just wanted to add sorry uh, to interrupt you you, i i urge everyone you may not have any reason to apply to tac in the short term Mm -hmm. but if anything pops up in your brain and that you forgot to ask me, or you just have questions about TAC, do not hesitate to reach out to me. I am always game to have a conversation. If you even wanna meet for a coffee in a post pandemic or whatever the case may be, I'm down for all that. Just reach out. Love it. Same,
1: exactly same as Kevin. Uh, Always happy to chat. Like you said, we're here to help. We genuinely wanna support artists. We wanna see people be successful. So don't hesitate, don't be shy.
0: Thank you. And of course, they'll be sending the links to us um, at Afrowave. If you guys want to reach out to me, if you had something um, that you wanted to ask or to get that resource list, I'm just going to type. I typed it earlier, but I just want to make sure that everyone can access it. So this is um, my email at Afrowave. So if you reach out there, then I'll be able to respond to you and try to help you out. Um, But once again, thank you so much, Anthony. Thank you, Kevin, for all your information, kind of giving us some insight on uh, what can be a very confusing part of being an artist. We really, really appreciate it. And to the participants and the attendees, as I usually say, this would not be the webinar that it was without you guys. And thank you for being so active in the chat and for all your questions. Um, Our next workshop is a pretty interesting one. Um, it is on rights and royalties. So we're going to be speaking with Keziah Myers, um, who's kind of had her hand in a lot of areas of the industry. So I think that's one that you guys would love to be at. Uh, we're going to have that link available for you on Instagram. Of course, you can register. Um, hopefully, we have no link issues. I'll try to make sure of that. But thank you again to everyone. And I wish you all a good evening.
1: Thank you for having us. It was Great.